We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Stay Hot. I'm Bladen Kirk, joined as always by my two favorite co-hosts of all time, Matthew Spanauer and Theo Ash. We have a great, great episode planned for you all today as we are joined by special guest TikTok superstar and more importantly, quarterback for the Kentucky Wildcats, Will Levis. He wouldn't let me call him Will Levi's to introduce him, which, you know, no fair, but it's whatever. How are you doing today? I am doing well. Thanks so much for having me, guys. It's great to have you on. Yeah, <laughs> I think the first thing that we wanted to t- to talk to you about, and the yeah. reason that I reached out to you in the first place is uh, there was a viral video a couple days ago of you at like, I don't even know where you were. It looked like some sort of interview and you poured a bunch of mayonnaise in your coffee and then proceeded to drink it. And you're like, oh, people, people don't realize how good this is. Do you really, do you, we have to know, do you really do that? <laughs> I don't. And um, it came about in a TikTok I posted last year, actually, before one of our games. And I was just out to breakfast with my girlfriend and they gave us our black coffees and there was no cream, no sugar, no anything else on the table uh, except for just a bottle of mayo. And my girlfriend was like, oh, I think you're supposed to put it in your coffee. And I was like, oh, don't have to tell me twice. So, you know, I I just put it in like we thought it was funny. And um, I ended up I think we beat Florida the next. Yeah, we beat Florida the next day, and then that caught some traction. And I don't know why it took eight months for someone to pick it back up again. But at media day, they decided to bash me for it again, and um, <laughs> and then it turned into everyone it's- thinking that I actually do it. So I just kind of ran with it for a little bit, but it's it's uh it's gotten a little out of hand. Did you drink it at breakfast the first the first time oh, or lunch whenever oh, you yeah. got it? You drank oh, the whole yeah. thing. And, so so they're yeah, not totally I, off base in saying that. Yeah. I mean, you drank the whole thing. So, 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 like on a scale of one to ten, like you got to let us know. Like, how it's good not is bad. I mean, especially if you're someone who can oh, tolerate God. mayonnaise. Like, I, I really like mayonnaise. Like on my sandwiches and stuff. Like, I like the taste of mayonnaise, and I like coffee. Um, as long as you don't put too much, you don't taste too much of it. But it's, it's really not terrible. 
I feel like I'm a pretty big mayonnaise fan, but there's a time and a place. I feel like you've yeah, probably like inspired seems... a fair amount of people to try it at least, though. I haven't the seen anybody of... else do it on TikTok. They're all too scared, but yeah, I have to no, think I've, somewhere I've out there a there's of... a small cult following. I've gotten a bunch of notifications of, and stuff sent to me of people trying it, whether it's like other shows or um, just random people, and I'm just like... I mean, I'll, I'll take it, I guess, but I didn't think the first kind of viral campaign that I'd be a part of would be drinking mayonnaise and coffee. Mayonnaise. You make you a needed- fair amount of TikToks. Like you yeah. post relatively consistently, um, yeah. but you got to see like some of the other NFL players, I guess, like Juju gets a lot of hate for posting on TikTok. Like, do you feel pressure as a, a football star and TikToker that yeah, I mean, people are going to start giving you hate? I think uh, I stay away from the TikTok dances, which I think helps my case a that's, lot. That's very true. <laughs> but I, I mean, I think it's just social media is just a great way to give fans an inside look to the player as a person and just their other other sides of their personality that they don't get to see in, in you know, just media interviews and on the field stuff. Um, and it's, it's, it's just something that I think is fun and most of the time, it's just I think something's funny, and if I think it's funny, chances are somebody else will. And uh, as we know, I mean, your social profile the, these days and um, the activity that you get on social media is really, really important, whether whether you like it or not. Especially as an athlete, for for brand deals, marketing deals, right. like they want to see that you have uh, a, a good consumer base that's actively watching your content, and. Um, I think I've done a pretty good job of it. I mean, I don't, I don't want, I want to make sure that how I do it doesn't take away from the perce- like the perception of my focus on what actually matters, which is football, because you, you always can have someone say like, Oh, like get off TikTok, Will. You're, you're not focused too much about the game. <laughs> right. But it's like, dude, like I know and all my teammates know where my priorities are at. And if I can spend right. 20 hours total a week, on posting a couple TikToks, I I think I can make the time for that. Yeah, I mean, as, as long as as long as drinking something like mayo and coffee doesn't you know impact your game or like you know eating a banana with a peel on, you know something. Yeah. <laughs> you know that next year at like may you if you go to the combine or whatever, they have got like the player meetings. You know you're gonna walk into like the Patriots and like Bill Belichick is gonna be there and he's gonna like flip on the TV and it's just gonna be like that. It's just gonna and he's gonna be like, <laughs> what the hell is this? Like explain, explain, explain this to me. <laughs> have you have you no, mentally I'm, I'm prepped <laughs> have you mentally prepped for that scenario? <laughs> I'm so ready for that. And my answer is probably gonna be the same as what I just told you guys. And I think yeah. that um whether whether teams like it or not, um this is kind of the era that we're in right now. And it's just, it's really important for guys to leverage um, their just involvement in social media to their advantage. But like I said, the biggest thing is just to make sure that there's absolutely no doubt within the organization or the fans' minds that your priorities um, are in the right place, you know? And I mean, I think I, uh, I can prove that to whoever has any doubts about that. Would you ever argue with someone on social media? Like if, if someone like said that you were trash or whatever, would you just ever, would you, do you try to avoid like being like, you don't know what you're talking about. If someone were to make a video and say like, oh, why did he throw this interception when it, it was a miscommunication, maybe with a wide receiver or something like that happens. Would you ever maybe even just like gently correct them that that's the case or 
like being on social media, do you think it's important to just kind of like maintain a level head and like not, not ever give them any shit, but would you ever duet, I guess, like a 12 year old who says that you're bad and (laughs) and tell them they don't know ball. (laughs) Um, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't tempted, but, uh, I'm no Kevin Durant. I don't look at my, I don't look at my DMS or tweets and respond to people. Um, I think it's just, I mean, if you give them any attention whatsoever, you let them win. So, I mean, it's usually yeah. uh, I just kind of let it be or all the time I just kind of let it be. And uh, the only real comments I, I'll interact with on my posts are just kind of like stuff that has to do with the video or like positive stuff. And I mean, I don't want to let those people win, you know? Right. I feel so, like you so don't get too, the, too much hate for your TikTok stuff. I mean, sometimes. Compared, like some usually, people, usually just, there's like a standard amount. I feel like, and I haven't noticed you getting like a crazy, it's mostly just like fans of other teams like, uh, that either beat us last year or just like, I don't know, like Kentucky sucks or Tennessee owns you, (laughs) you know, it's just funny. (laughs) Is there any specific, like, I mean, you're talking about sort of the benefits of like the NIL and how you're leveraging your following and trying to, utilize that best you can. Are there any like good examples of you having your TikTok and that leading to you getting some sort of like deal or sponsorship? Yeah, I think um, with any company that's looking to do a deal with me, when when you're talking about just financials in general, they obviously want to know the type of reach that you have. So the, the most, the more kind of people you have watching your content and you take it a step further and you look at the different, you can look at the analytics of the demographics of different people that you're reaching. And if it's in line with what their particular campaign is, is, uh, is, is marketed towards having that data is really, really important. And, um, I think TikTok is a very interesting and I mean, it's, it's the, the most used platform in the world statistically. Um, and it's just a great way to get exposure for different brands and if, if one guy is only, only has a following on Instagram and they're only able to put like a couple static posts up for a company, um, they're probably going to want to do someone that they can kind of diversify their reach who has both a decent following on TikTok and Instagram as well. And uh, you can have a lot of fun on TikTok. I feel for me, TikTok is a little more loose and I can be a little more personable, whereas Instagram, um, it, at least how I see it, is kind of a little more serious and... Um, uh, I just feel like I can have a little more fun and joke around a little more on TikTok, which helps for the content that I can make for these companies. Do you have to be a business major? Okay. <laughs> I, I am. I, I got my undergrad in finance, okay. and I'm getting my there I'm getting my go. master's in finance at Kentucky. That was, <laughs> this is turning into the, has like how a to, radar of <laughs> how to leverage your how to leverage your TikTok following into this is the this is like a course we should be selling we should put be putting this behind a paywall. Uh, this is good <laughs> advice, but it's I'm true. Like, I mean, it's like a lot of people. They'll post like their NIL stuff and it'll be like, it'll read like, like a total like ad, like a billboard or whatever on TikTok. You can be a little bit more personal than that. And it's definitely an advantage. Mm-hmm. Right. No, I mean, the more, the you, more so, um, creative you are with your content, I mean, the more people are going to watch it and the more return the company that's investing in you is going to get on their investment. So, I mean, it's just a win-win. Yeah. And you talk about having a lot of fun on TikTok, but you, you've really done some crazy things. What is the worst thing that you've, had to like eat or one of the worst things you've done on TikTok. Um, it'd probably have to be the mayonnaise and coffee. 
Uh, the banana with the peel That's on it. That's the is worst not bad. one. I and mean, you, especially... you said it was. You said it wasn't even that bad. How is that? The... <laughs> well, I mean, nothing I've had to do is is has been like unbearable. Okay. But I'd say <laughs> that the banana is is a little bit more doable than than the coffee for sure. And uh, really, I, I did it too. It was just like a completely ripe banana, so it was just kind of just mushy all the way through. But I mean, it just tasted like banana, and uh, I think. People would agree oh. if they tried it that it's not half bad. What about? And again, that was just something I did like, f- like funny. Like I, I literally saw a TikTok like five minutes earlier, and it's like you know the you know the cliche like no one eats the brown spots on the banana, right? Like it's like gross. And it, I think it was a video of some dude who just had a banana and there's like a brown spot on it, and he just like bit right into it, and like everyone goes crazy. And I swear, I like looked over <laughs> my shoulder, and there was just. A, like a bushel is that the word what's a what's a group of bananas a bushel of bananas i don't know i think it i think but, it is a bushel okay okay but it, they were all just like completely ripe and i was like you know what like i can take it a step further here and, and let's see how we see where it goes <laughs> but uh i mean just i thought it was funny and i was again if, if i think it's funny chances are someone else is gonna laugh at it and i think that's just what my most of my tiktoks are about is just kind of trying to make people laugh and, and smile i can I can relate to that. I've eaten a watermelon, but I've, as a kid, I used to eat the entire thing, including the rinds, the but rinds. I stopped doing that when I was like, I was like 12, but the watermelon rinds, I can believe that the, uh, banana peel isn't so bad because I used to just try to like freak people out and get attention as a kid. So I'd be like, I'd eat the entire watermelon rind just to like get a couple seconds of popularity. But I was like, <laughs> this isn't so bad. This isn't so bad. Um, that might be a, a loser thing for me to admit, but you know, don't hold elementary school loser, me to loser uh, Ash NFL. Don't, don't hold me to too high of a standard here. <laughs> All right, but um, uh, hey, you, I've, you, I've gotten I've gotten laughed at for eating lemon ice cream before. So lemon people, ice cream? People are, that's what we said. I've <laughs> <laughs> heard of lemon what, sorbet. It's just, it's, that's oh exactly God. what I said. <laughs> Le, it's like lemons are a sorbet thing. It's entirely <laughs> different. Lemon ice cream. It's a sorbet. No, it, like you, pr- you probably ate lemon sorbet and just didn't know what it was, Bladen. No, I think that's my working theory. That's my fan they're, they're, theory here. You literally tried lemon ice cream and said it was good, Theo. It, I did. I did. That you was like lemon rank pie. But yeah. The drama with this is that it was like in your top three favorite ice creams. Your top three were like vanilla, plain peanut butter, and lemon. Not that <laughs> lemon ice cream was all right. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I, with, the NIL, with the NIL deals, uh, I've seen a bunch of like coaches and like Ben Roethlisberger talk about how like college players are coddled now because they're making money via NFL or NIL deals. Will, what is your like thoughts when you hear, you know, people like older coaches or or players say stuff like that? Do you think that they're kind of right or like in the back of your mind or, or are they just off base? I think it's it's warranted to an extent. Like it's hard to make change and it's hard to grow up and, and have a landscape be the same for the 40, 50, 60 years that you've been alive and for all of a sudden for it to change. And then it's also difficult when you're reading about um, kids making millions of dollars before they've even enrolled in college, you know, and how I see it. um, I it's, it's definitely a kind of screwed up kind of situation right now. And 
there's NIL, there's two sides to NIL is what I see. I see the recruiting side and then the pure kind of what NIL was supposed to be in its most perfect form, which is giving the guys the ability to use their platform, use who they are to make money for services in exchange, whether it's social posts or doing things for companies or people um, to get paid. And that's the side that I'm focused on and that I really only have a, an opportunity in, you know, cause I'm not trying to transfer schools. I'm staying here. I'm obviously not in high school. I'm, I'm in college. So that's what most of it is. And that's, and that's all legit, you know, but then it's, what are these kind of like collectives that these schools are putting together or these people who are donors or what have you paying a crazy amount of money for a 16 year old kid just to attend their college. Like that's technically legal, I guess. And right now, and that just doesn't sit right with a lot of people, which, which makes a lot of sense, you know? So, um, on, on one end it makes sense and it's, and it's great. And it's, it's kind of like a no brainer. And I, in a, a thing that people have, have said that should have been a thing for a long time, but then it opens it up to some ugly situations like like the ones that I just talked about, you know? So, I mean, there's there's multiple sides to it and I can see both sides of the argument. Me being a player, obviously, I'm partial and, uh, and excited about the rules to just be a part of it. Um, and it's, and it's exciting and interesting time to kind of be in that first wave of student athletes to be exposed to to all this stuff. For sure, for sure. What do you feel about like, I don't know if you've put any like thought to this, but with conference realignment too is kind of, I think, uh, has to do, maybe they're not completely related, but there's definitely a little bit of connection there, I think. Do you, what do you feel about like the future of the, maybe the Pac-12 or, or the merging? Do you think that it'll be like an AFC, NFC type deal? Or have you given any kind of thought to what it is like? Or you're just like, I'll, I'll play where I'll play. I don't really know. I mean... I mean, it's, it's not like it's the first time it's ever happened, you know, like there's, there's been restructuring of conferences for years now. And I think just like people get comfortable with a, with one setup. And then when there's a new, new one proposed, it's like, what are we doing here? But I'm sure that these same kind of complaints and arguments were made when like the big 10 changed their structure, like when the newest SEC teams joint added their newest teams, um, the, when the big 12 changed, like, I don't know exactly when those were like how much of a huge shift. I think this is definitely from like a magnitude standpoint, this is like the largest shift that we've seen in the past, but it's not the first time, you know? So it's definitely rooted in money and it's rooted in, in these schools ability to join conferences or see marketplaces that will help them financially. And if you're that school, why wouldn't you do that? You know? Um, but it is weird and it is kind of like, is, is, is this a result of all these other rules, whether it's the NIL stuff or the transfer portal rules and would have that, would have there been a better way to go about it? Um, my biggest question is kind of how it's going to affect the argument behind like the current, like postseason situation, like whether they'll, I mean, I know the college football playoff, it's only a handful of years old, but I think it'd be interesting. Like I'm on the Mike Leach train, you know, like I want to see as many people like make the, make the playoffs as possible. I, I, whether it's how the FCS sets it up or a little less than that, but um, that's going to be the most interesting thing, kind of how the postseason bowl games and then playoffs are affected by the new alignment of conferences. 
But again, I don't care because hopefully I'm out after this year and then I don't even like have to worry about college football again for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely headed to as many teams as possible if there's a chance for them to have more playoff games and make more money. That's what they're mm-hmm. going to do. From, I guess, I guess let's talk about football then a little bit. This has been like, we're talking with finance major Will Levis so far. From a, from a football standpoint, I guess the first time that I had ever really uh, become aware of of you was watching, I think, Wandale film against uh, Georgia. I was like, damn, this quarterback is making some like on the money throws, like tight windows against probably the best defense in college football history. So that's kind of where I first like became, I was like, I was, who is this guy? And that was you, obviously. Uh, <laughs> but um, what went into that week of preparation, I guess? I'm, I'm fascinated to, to, to know like what were your goals against such a good defense was it like score a touchdown at all was it we don't talk about it, we're just going to do what we do or like like what was what how did you plan to attack that georgia defense i guess i mean it, it not really much differently from any other way i would prepare but i mean the biggest thing when you're playing a team against that is you you can't give them anything you know you can't hand them any any points or or any turnovers you know you got to make the right decisions and you got to take what they give you and a lot of the times they're not going to give you much and you're going to have to be okay with taking those checkdowns and those short gains i think i had 35 36 completions for just under 200 yards you know so like a lot of completions not a lot of yards and that happens sometimes against those kind of defenses but um i like playing those games you know i like playing those games when no one thinks you got a shot um, it takes some pressure off you, you know, I mean, we were undefeated going into that game, but still three score underdogs. And, uh, we went into there kind of just with like a F you mentality. Like we're just going to go and play our game and we got a good game plan and, and we're going to play it to the best of our ability. And obviously we came up short, but I was really proud of kind of how we battled that game. And I think the game was even closer than what the score showed. Um, but, uh, yes. yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun playing those games. And like you said, their defense was absolutely incredible. And um, to go into, to go into their, their stadium and put together some good drives against them and, and, and perform and, and, and score made us believe and made us know that, I mean, if we can do that against them, like we can do it against anyone in the country. And that brings kind of to the point of when you go against a defense with guys like Jordan Davis, Nicobe Dean, do you feel more fell level of defense I definitely felt like a different speed. I felt like the the windows were tighter. Uh, they flew they flew to the ball a little faster than everyone else, um, uh, and there just wasn't as much there, you know. And uh, and it's just credit to uh, to Kirby and their and their defense and their coaches and and their players. And um, yeah, uh, they, they definitely were the number one team in the country for a reason, and you could feel that on the field for sure. Was there any like any aspect of, of that team that you thought could be a weakness that was exploited? Like what was like, were they like, oh, when they're in cover three, they're not as good at this? Or was there, when you, if we can just get them out of the, this shell, like can we attack them that way? Was there like any any weakness that you guys thought that you had identified with them? Or maybe you can't say, but uh, what like, was there any weakness to that Georgia team as someone who yeah, yeah, really yeah. prepped um, to play them? Yeah, no. 
you know, like they were good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, I could, I could go back and look at my notes for the game plan, like what we thought could be some things we could take advantage from with them. But I mean, uh, they were solid. Yeah, that's, that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) They were pretty damn good. Yeah. So was, so yeah, you didn't really think there was any, was there any part of you that felt like, you know, at a certain point in this game, you said you felt like it was closer than the final score. So did you ever feel like you had a shot to actually pull out a, a victory? Like, I know that's like kind of a, a weird, weird training, but like, because obviously yeah, I mean, I, every single game, you think you have a chance to win as a competitor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I don't remember exactly what the score was. I think we made it like a 14 to 7 game at one point. Um, and, uh, I mean, we were making plays on offense and uh, sometimes just not finishing drives and giving the ball back to them. And um, I don't think after that we ever got within two scores until the last drive. But it was pretty crazy. You watched that game, that last drive. It was a little too little, too little, little too late. But we put together like a 20-play, 80-yard, 10-minute drive to finish that game against their, their starting defense um, to cap it off and, and, and get to that final, whatever it was, 34 17 or something i don't remember or 14 um but that was that was really really cool to finish the game off on that note to just drive down the field and and for me as a quarterback to kind of have the ball in my hands and really just throw the ball and and um string string plays together convert on third and fourth downs um and then scoring as time expired against the number one defense in the country like that even though we went on kind of a skid there we lost the next couple games like and then we didn't lose again after those games. Like we, it was always good to look back on that game and, and, and see us perform as an offensive unit, as, as a, whether between the running backs, quarterbacks, receivers, and O-line, um, just clicking and, and making it happen versus, versus such a prolific defense. There was a point a couple of years ago when Kentucky football was a total afterthought, like to their, it was a basketball school. The football team was like historically unsuccessful in the SEC. And it's, it's really turned around a couple these past couple of years. Um, you've been a part of that. What do you think like with, you know, coach Stoops and all that, what do you think has been the catalyst to that kind of turnaround in the program? I think it's been, um, so I mean, you're completely right. We've had we've had two 10-win seasons in the past four years, um, and those are two of the four that the program's had in its history. And the the that first one was actually funny. That tenth win was against Penn State. I was a freshman at Penn State when they played us in the Citrus Bowl and beat us. So then it was funny to kind of end up transferring to Kentucky, play in the Citrus Bowl again, and then win that game. So that's just a cool little side story. But I mean, I I'd have to give it to Coach Stoops. I'd have to give it to just the culture that he he ingrained into the into the team and into the program when he first got here. Um, I think the last the last game before he took over was a home game versus Vanderbilt that they lost by like four scores, and um, and then he comes in the next year and 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 gets better and better and better and just the culture and the just drive that he brings and energy that he brings to the building. Um, and again, and the hires he's made, that the people that he surrounded himself to to build this with him, um, I think he's the really only one you could look for and give give credit to. And and our team and me, I'm just small pieces to this whole puddle puzzle. But he's been the only constant throughout those years. So you got to give him the credit for sure, for sure, for sure. And they've implemented that kind of Sean McVay like 
like I think that the offensive coordinator is he from LA or did he go to LA? Is that am I right about the kind of the offensive so, scheme? Is that like the inspiration of of what you guys kind of run there? Was is like kind of McVay Rams Shanahan type of stuff? Yep. So when I when I transferred from Penn State, I was in the transfer portal and Coach Cohen, who was my offensive coordinator last year, he had recruited me a little bit out of high school when he was at the University of Maine. But since then, in the in the three four years in the future, he'd spent the past couple of years with the Rams, and Kentucky last offseason chose him as their next offensive coordinator and, and brought McVay's system um, essentially to a T to Kentucky, and we went from only ever running the ball. I don't know if, if you can watch if you watch film from Kentucky from twenty sixteen to yes. twenty twenty. <laughs> it's power read inside zone. Um, just kind of smash like mouth Benny football, Snell. barely ever throwing the ball. And um, to all of a sudden kind of implement this pro style offense, uh, I thought that was a really cool opportunity for me to kind of step in there and to change the overall just offense, offensive just history of, of, of the program. Um, and I thought that I matched the skill set that it took to, to make it happen. And they believed in that as well. And obviously it worked out. Um, but yeah, and, it, and it's also really cool to run an, an NFL system because the terminology and just the concepts that you're running uh, translates directly to the next level, you know, and uh, any, any, any team who runs a similar kind of branch of that offense, uh, I, I can confidently kind of speak about it in interviews or just in, in just passing conversation, which is really cool. But Coach Cohen actually took the offensive coordinator job back at the Rams this past offseason. Yes, yes. So, so, so we had to hire a new offensive coordinator in Rich Gangarello, who came from the 49ers. So now we're pretty much running the 49ers system. So uh, also a really good NFL system to get to learn. And um, it's helped me a lot just kind of learning a new offense uh, from just a learning standpoint, having to take coaching from the classroom onto the field. And there is a good there is a good amount of carryover in terms of the concepts that we're running. The uh, I mean McVeigh's McVeigh's offense is kind of just a branch off of, of the Shanahan system, which is pretty much what we're running now. Um, so it's it's some new stuff, but a lot of a lot of crossover as well. And um, I'm really looking forward to tear some people up with it this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as as a guy going into the NFL, how much do you pay attention to like the league itself? Like, you got a favorite team? You got a favorite player? Uh, I mean, growing up, I, I was a I was born in Boston, and I and I lived in Connecticut growing up. So I mean, I was an all Boston sports fan and New England fan. So biggest Tom Brady fan ever growing up. Um, I uh, I actually got to meet him a couple months ago, and he's like the one person I've always said that I would just like freak out if I ever met, and it was like so hard to contain myself. But I think I handled myself as well as I could in that situation. Um, but uh, no, I'm just a casual fan, you know, like I'll throw on the, the Thursday or Saturday night games when I can watch or the, the Sunday night games when I, when I can watch it. Um, and uh, I'll choose some guys that I like watching film of and, 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 and watch cut ups of, of certain games, especially if it's offenses that are similar to what we're running. But uh, I'm more of just a fan of the game at this point. What are those guys that you like watching film of anyone in particular? Yeah, um, I'd say Josh Allen. First and foremost, um, seeing his progression from his rookie year to now, um, how he's been able to pro- progress just into a, a pure NFL quarterback, but maintain that kind of 
physicality and athleticism that got him to where he is and learning how to use that to his advantage while, while staying within the realm of his system has been really, really um, impressive. And I think his play style is very similar to mine. And so I like to, I mean, not imitate, but kind of see how he's able to make certain plays or decisions. And um, I think that by watching him, it can translate into kind of how I approach the game. Uh, other than him, uh, last year I watched a lot of Stafford, obviously, because of we were watching the Rams offense. Um, a lot of old tape of Goff when he was running the offense as well. Um, love Rodgers. Um, I mean, a lot of what he does is so unique. I mostly just watch him for fun because, I mean, he's got a pretty unorthodox way of doing a lot of things. But um, some of it just blows your mind, the, some stuff he's able to pull off with his body. And, um, yeah, right now, I mean, I'm watching a lot of Niners tape, so I see a lot of Jimmy G. The offense we're running now is also the same one that the Falcons were running in the 2018 uh, Super Bowl run year. Um, so a lot of Matt Ryan to Julio connection I see on film every day, which is cool to watch. Um, but yeah, those are the those are the few that come to mind now. But um, I spend a good amount of time looking at a bunch of different dudes. So you mentioned like how you love Josh Allen's physical traits and how he's translated that to you know being a high level NFL quarterback as well. But are there aspects in forms of like leadership and off the field ability that you've picked up from like you said you got to meet Tom Brady? Like how has that you know really impacted you as you know you know not so much physically but you know mentally as well. I mean, yeah, if you're going to if you're going to look at one dude who's just dominated the off the field preparation, recovery and leadership capabilities, I mean, Tom Brady's second to none. And uh I mean, I don't think I'll ever replicate his like diet or anything like that to the level he does, <laughs> but it's always it's always cool to kind of see the just um, extensive investment into the off-field stuff that those guys um, do. Russell Wilson's another huge example of that, spending, uh, I think there's rumors of a million dollars a year on just recovery and just off-field maintenance and uh, preparation um, investments. Um, right now, I mean, I don't obviously don't have the resources to, to get into that as much as those guys do, but right. when I do have the money, I mean, my body and my mind are the, are the two things that are going to take me throughout my career. And I can't wait to dive into that stuff. I'm actually, I'm, I'm pumped to, to get on a diet plan to whether it's getting a, 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 a private chef or, or just a nutrition plan in general. Um, I can't wait to invest into all those areas to just, because I think that that's just one one thing that guys get get to have access to at the league that bring them to that next level of um, just readiness, which is awesome. I so no wait more to... mayo and coffee. <laughs> yeah, that's, after, that's after you get to, <laughs> you to say Theo. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I can't wait to see like you hire some private chef and he's like, "Who is this client?" He like looks at you eating just a raw banana with a peel. He's gonna be like, "Oh my god, <laughs> you got my work cut out for me." <laughs> Tom Brady has never had Cheerios with Powerade or anything like that. Yeah. No. <laughs> One last thing, I think. One going back to the the food and the the you know T.O. had his celebration with the popcorn. If you like, he he took a fan's popcorn and he ate it all. I think to really like 
cement your place in history. I think you got to plant someone in the front of the audience with the mayo coffee. And then when you score a touchdown, <laughs> just like take it and, and take a sip or at least pretend to like with the, with like that. And then, and then take a sip of the pretend coffee. I think that would be an <laughs> I- iconic celebration that you should consider breaking out when you score a touchdown this year. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't know, guys. I told. I told my. I'm. I told you, Theo, too. Like I'm kind of sick of it. Like I'm like. I told my media, like my media relations per, uh, director at Kentucky after media day. I mean, I I I answered nonstop questions for five hours straight, and probably two of that two of those hours were full of those questions. I was like, I was like slacks. Like anytime someone wants to interview me, please vet them because I never want to answer a question about the mayonnaise and coffee again. <laughs> But it's like, at the same time, it's like kind of part of my identity at this point. So it's like, how how much yeah. more do I want to ride this? Matt, do I need to find something new to Matt, do? Matt can um, relate exactly yeah. to you. I, I had a bit on TikTok like a year and a half ago about like reviewing corn. And I did like three or four of them. I'm like, okay, haha. And I like went like way too in depth. And I don't, I'm just like making it up as I I remember it. this. And yes, you... <laughs> You've seen it? I think I have, yes. <laughs> well, I have not been allowed to, like, I stopped doing them because I just ran out of ideas to, like, you know, there's only so many brands of corn at Kroger. And if you go look at any one of my videos on my account and you scroll far enough, there are still 10, 15 corn review, corn review, corn review uh, comments. It never ends. Um, and not. To, it's been over a year since I've made one. It doesn't help at all. So it I wouldn't also, expect it, the it mayo coffee help. stuff to end. It doesn't help that I end every single podcast episode by calling you corn boy. No, it doesn't. So. It doesn't help at all, Bladen. And you could stop doing that anytime. I could. I could. Will, you need to hold a press conference and just say, just I've moved on. I won't be fielding any questions on this anymore. You you'll say I'll walk out of the interview like I'm. I don't know. That'll probably know, just make it worse. Celebrity. You're yeah, right. You actually, can't. that you're right. You, can't, you just have to. You just have to totally like ignore it. You're marked for life. Sadly, you're marked. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Or you've just got to do something even crazier so everybody will forget about it. You That's the other like, question people keep asking. Like, what's next? What's next? What's, what's next? the next crazy yeah. thing? How do you top it? Like, both of those other ones were kind of just like spur of the moment like things. And I always answer. I'm like, oh, like, you're going to have to like, wait. Like, I don't know. But still, I just feel, <laughs> I still feel like corny saying that. No pun intended, Matt. Sorry. But um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I really don't know. You're screwed. You're screwed, uh, basically. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can make it's as okay. much nil money and nfl money as you want and you won't yeah, be able to no. you won't be able to get you won't be able Duke's to get mayo it. reached out to me to try to do something i'm like no i'm sorry like i don't want to like make this part of my identity <laughs> oh just yeah like, they're the ones who did like the, the with mayo, bowl. mayo bowl they had oh my yeah. god Kentucky, yeah. if you yeah. get, I was, is like, it possible for Kentucky <laughs> to play in the Mayo Bowl? It is, <laughs> it is. I mean, hopefully we're not, we don't have that. to win enough games this year so where that doesn't happen. Exactly, <laughs> but like, there's a, I mean, I'm not going to say it's a possibility because, a yeah. playing in the Mayo Bowl. You can't, yeah, you yeah, can't I, say it's a possibility because you're going to go undefeated and win the national title. Exactly, but, but like, I, I think like South Carolina was in it, so that means that the SC, an SEC team is in it. So, I mean, oh. <laughs> maybe the mail bowl if the mail bowl is a playoff game this year next this year for some reason maybe 
Yeah. Keep that in mind, folks. Like the Mayo Bowl, you know that Will Levis in Kentucky is motivated to win as many games as possible to stay out of the Mayo Bowl. Uh, so keep that in mind, all you college yeah. analysts, when you're making your predictions. Uh, <laughs> yeah, predict Kentucky to go undefeated and win the national title. If the, hey, but if now. if the committee is really in this all for ratings, and the committee really has like ulterior <laughs> motives, when when even if we're undefeated, they'll that. still put us in the Mayo Bowl. They'll still put you in the Mayo Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> they'll rank you like twelfth, just to yeah. they're gonna be like, well, <laughs> you know that sponsorship. <laughs> That mayo, the big, big mayonnaise really was pushing for this. So we're putting in uh, Oregon instead of you guys, sadly. But uh, oh. <laughs> anyway, I don't no have problem. anything more. That, do, you, do you guys have anything yeah. else? I think that pretty much wrap things, wraps things up for us. Thanks again, Will, for joining us. It's been an absolute blast. We do wish you the best of luck this season. So, Thank you so much. You know, wish you guys you the best of luck Hopefully you don't well. play in the Mayo Bowl. <laughs> yeah, hopefully not. <laughs> but thanks big thanks to yeah. will for coming on and yeah we'll see you around again big thanks to will levis for coming on it was an absolute pleasure to have him theo you have to feel some pressure to when you do your like draft analysis of will to like give him a good review right oh yeah but the <laughs> thing is like i i i'm really i really think like Obviously, his senior year, whenever whenever I scout my quarterbacks and give my grades, will will have a lot to do with it. But I, I'm pretty confident that he's gonna do well because, again, the, it legitimately did like strike me how well he was playing in that Georgia game. I know that right. you know the stats didn't look wonderful because it was Georgia's defense, but like yeah. all things considered, I think that he did a good job, and I, I like his game. And he's got the crazy arm strength, um, pretty mobile guy. Again, he, he talked about how he how he looks up to Josh Allen a little bit and, and thinks that his game is similar. And I, I agree. Like, I, I think that that's, uh, not a horrible comparison. And, and, you know, if you can execute those pro style offenses, like you put someone with that kind of talent in an offense and like that, you know, you, you could have something pretty special there. So yeah, I, I personally am a Will Levis fan already. So like, yes, I, I wouldn't have had him on, like if I watched him and I'm like, Oh, this dude is, this dude is tr- bad. <laughs> like I wouldn't have no, given I, him a second. <laughs> I wouldn't want to interview him. I wouldn't want to do anything. Enough. But, uh, the fact that he, you know, he, he legitimately did strike me as a, as a legit quarterback. See, now is, every, is now every, now every college player that doesn't get invited on to stay hot is going to think they're bad now. <laughs> they are. If you don't come on stay odd, you're certified bum. Certified. Right. Trash. Sorry, Bryce Bryce Young. Sorry, CJ Stroud. QB six. Um, uh. We'll see. And I'm sure I mean he's a smart guy. He knows that this is a that this is yeah. a, you know, nothing personal with any grade that I give anybody. You know, I'm sure he has things to work on as well. I haven't done a full deep dive into him at all, but uh yeah, I, I don't feel too much pressure. But obviously I'm yeah. I'm rooting for him to succeed. Sorry. I, mean, I got to watch a little bit of his highlights poolside uh, today, this morning, and uh, it was like just the physical traits just jumps off the screen, and that's like oh yeah, the first he'll like thing truck somebody. For. It's he's fun to watch. Yeah. He's fun to watch it. Like he'll like hurdle somebody, truck somebody. He's <laughs> he's got that that dog in him for sure. Like from that standpoint. But anyway, yeah. Anyway, we'll see. I'm excited to watch that offense this year for sure. Absolutely. Anyway, we have a chalkboard mailbag segment today. And before we get into it, just want to remind everyone to go join our chalkboard chat. If you want to, you know, submit a question of the week, if you want to, you know, have a rank it segment for us to do, or even just talk with us about everything going on in the world of sports, chalkboard is the place to do all of that. 
It's a great line of communication from us to our listeners, so we can really help grow our community and build this podcast together. Plus, Chalkboard has a bunch of cool features like live box scores so you can really talk with us about a game while following along directly within the app. And I think really the coolest feature is the live bet tracking so you can really see the bets that everyone else is placing, including that we're placing live within the platform. Um, we really love Chalkboard. We know you guys will too. So make sure you click the link in the description of the YouTube if you're watching it on YouTube or in all of our social platform bios. So yeah, the mailbag segment via Chalkboard. I think we just start... Uh, so again, we always have to preface an interesting thing about chalkboard is that you can just pick any name right now because it's such a new platform that not all of like the player names are taken. So Jordan Love asks, uh, <laughs> what are the Packers going to do with Jordan Love? Personally, I think he is better than Rodgers and deserves a starting role in a big extension immediately. <laughs> Jordan Love asks, what's going to happen to me? <laughs> I think he's well, better. Jordan. Well, I think that he he's probably probably kidding with the I think I hope that he's kidding with the I think he's better than Rogers portion of that question. But I do think it's a legitimate a, a legitimate thing to wonder is like there's this first round pick that like is a complete unknown that is forgotten about. My bet is just knowing how the Packers operate, I I, I wonder if I, I don't think much will happen. Right, I think if he, I think he's just going to sit behind Rodgers until he's like twenty six, and he's going to take over when <laughs> Rodgers retires, and they're just going to have this quarterback. I, I legitimately think that's how the Packers operate. I think that's their game plan, and uh, yeah, I've got to check exactly. I knew, I knew this, and now I don't. Is exactly how many years Rogers is this year? Three for him contract. This is going to be Jordan Love's third year in the league. So then after this season, if they like what they've seen in camp, they'll pick up the fifth year, and that'll give them another two years after this season. And at that point, I mean, like, I understand he won't have gotten maybe many games, but either you're expecting maybe some sort of Rodgers injury at some point, at least see him a couple of games, or you've seen enough in camp where you can maybe give him, like, a one-year extension or something like that. The problem for Jordan Love is that, like, if the Packers don't pay you, who is going to go give him a big contract? Yeah. Nobody, because the Packers wouldn't have paid him, and he had been there for five years at that point. So I, I just think it's going to be really tough um, for him to like go sign some major contract anywhere else. He'll probably take a one-year prove-it deal if he doesn't really get a shot until after Rodgers leaves, until after that fifth year. So I'd say it's going to be a little bit wait and see. Yeah, what do they say that the the backup quarterback is the second most important position in in sports? And you know, having a guy who can maybe win you some games if Rodgers goes down, I, I don't think the Packers are uncomfortable just keeping a guy that they feel somewhat confident in and who's talented, right? Because we went through years where Deshaun Kaiser was our backup quarterback, hey, or Brett Hundley was our backup. Don't talk shit. About why? Cleveland why do you Browns have any legend? loyal? I don't. Why I do you don't. have, why do you have any loyalty Kaiser, to the man. guy? No, who no, went no. fuck Deshaun Kaiser, man. Fuck Deshaun Kaiser. He's yeah, so I think, yeah, exactly. And that's who the Packers had it a back, as a backup. Brent Huntley couldn't do much. So I think that they're going to be comfortable with Rodgers entering older age, having a having a guy that can, you know, replace him if he gets injured. And I really think the answer is that boring. I legitimately think they're yeah. comfortable with just him as a backup. 
I do. And, you know, maybe if someone someday will offer them like a first round pick because they're enticed by his, his, you know, there's some team that's just that desperate out there for a starting quarterback. And there's this like first rounder sitting somewhere that is kind of a wild card. Like maybe if somewhere someone offers a ludicrous offer, they'll take it. But I, I don't think this is, is that this is going to be a very exciting. And I, and I don't think any team is that desperate right now, unless like, Maybe the giant if Daniel Jones is truly awful this year. Oh, like certainly certainly not. This would be a couple of years from now. Certainly yeah. not this offseason. He will, yeah. he will, I promise you, be on the Packers this this year. And yes. Yeah. I, I don't think it's gonna be a very I don't think the Packers are a very exciting team. They don't make splashes. They're very well, Rogers sat for like three or four years. I can't remember exactly what it was. Uh and I think they're like, if that's what love has to do, that's what love has to do. Maybe even longer. It wouldn't shock me. So yeah, I think um, I think that's the answer to what's going to happen to Jordan Love behind Rodgers. I think he's just going to stay behind Rodgers. Fair enough. I'm looking at one of these "Would you rather" questions. I was. Would you at rather only be able to have peanut butter or hot sauce as a condiment? Well, if I had to pick between the two, I would definitely go peanut butter pretty easily. Yeah. But yep. peanut butter is also not a condiment. I don't know it's if not. that's a peanut right? butter. You could easily eat like you can eat a i don't know what else to call butter. it but it's not you can't eat a spoonful of peanut butter but peanut yeah, butter think, is is more close like you think i think about like i feel like spread peanut butter, yeah it's a spread but like mayo's also kind of a spread no, mayo's i don't a know it's yeah i guess i don't know it's tough because it's like no. peanut butter is also kind of in the same category as like ham i guess like you make a ham sandwich you can make a peanut butter sandwich I think you, I think there's a few degrees a of separation between ham and peanut butter. <laughs> but you would never it's make a, meat. a you would you would. <laughs> you know, if it's Thanksgiving, I can bring out a, a, a ham. I can't bring out a jar of peanut butter. <laughs> but you would never make a ketchup sandwich, right? Yes, <laughs> but that, I feel like that's unrelated. To be completely honest. Um, I, I'm not, I'm was, not, I'm not a hot sauce guy. Like I need it on everything. Like I use it sparingly, but yeah. yeah. Here's what I would say. Do you guys, have you seen the pink sauce stuff on TikTok? Oh my gosh. That, we were talking about that last night. We were yes, thinking about like making it. <laughs> well, I was thinking about, we should do it, but stay hot sauce. We should sell stay, stay hot, hot sauce, sauce that we just like make with <laughs> various <we> items. <laughs> we brew it in a cauldron. <laughs> <laughs> and we sell stay hot sauce. I was like, all the money to be made. And we list the ingredients as like, I don't know, you know. Bro, what is in pink sauce? Heat. Like, what is that it's, exactly? Okay. It's, it's sunflower seed oil. So like, you saw the video of her like pouring in up all this fucking oil. And everyone's like, what is that? So, so it's garlic, sunflower seed oil, dragon fruit, honey, I think. And there was one other, there was one other thing I can't, but it's, it's on her website. Like you can look up, you can look up the ingredients on her website. It's a little better than I thought it would be. I thought we should have brought this up with Will. That could have been his next challenge. (laughs) 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 We should have, we should have. Theo DM him after this. We'll, we'll have him do it. But, but anyway, yeah, stay I, hot sauce. I think we should sell that. I think we should right, find so some in, way to, to, to manufacture sauce. food. So in the stay hot sauce, it's Theo, what's your favorite bird? Bird? I like, I got, That's I got horrible. the <laughs> no, no. There's no birds in this hot sauce. <laughs> no, it's, it's going to be the egg. It's going to be an egg, right? It's going to be an egg. Pretty um, sure that's illegal. 
<laughs> is it? I don't know if it's illegal. Whatever. It's gonna be we'll raw do a chicken eggs. Yeah. I get, I get <laughs> where you're going with this plan. It's gonna be raw <laughs> eggs, lemons, and corn. That's not hot sauce. <laughs> Lady, you don't even like hot sauce. I You're don't not like even, hot sauce. You don't yeah. like you hot sauce? You don't like hot sauce. I don't know that. No. Well, he doesn't like, I I mean, you've never explicitly told that to me, but like I can piece together by I'm all not, of your other food like, takes. That <laughs> I don't like condiments. I don't put anything on anything. I don't put salsa on oh, chips. Yeah. I don't put ranch on wings. Like, why would you put, put hot, hot sauce? And you don't like don't spicy sauce and you don't like spicy I, things. So I would not, think okay, that no, hot no, no, sauce no. would be like See, your saying, least favorite thing. Saying I don't like spicy things, like that threatens my black card a little bit. So like, <laughs> <laughs> like the wrong person will hear that and be like, yo, what the fuck? So it's like, I'm not going to intentionally make something like extra spicy just for the sake of it being hot. Right. That's like, that's borderline a pain kink at that point to me. <laughs> but I I like <laughs> decently spicy stuff, but I'm also not going to eat something so spicy that it's like not enjoyable to try to prove yeah. myself. I'm not that insecure. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not like, gonna I, just eat a ghost pepper for fun. But like if my nose is running a little bit and I'm like crying like there's kind of a tear in my eye, I I don't hate that. I like that. that. I think that that's I think that that kind of uh just heightens heighten maybe it is a pain kink. All right. <laughs> but it I didn't see experience a little bit. <laughs> Cover your ears, anybody. Hey, I, Yeah, if you're if you're under the age of eighteen, stay hot <laughs> NSFW. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's. Move. I'd rather have. Pe- that, with that being said, I'd rather have peanut butter my whole life. Let's move on. Let's move uh, on. Okay, we'll do. We'll do one of these start bench cuts and we'll get out. <laughs> All right, start bench cut from. Uh, I think we've already actually done. So we'll do this one. Uh, Riley asks start bench cut. Ronald Jones, Alexander Madison, Raheem Mostert. You chose the worst start bench know, cut here. Did, Let's do the one after that up, one. Yeah, you want to do, do the Thunders? Back, you take you do the th- Thunders them, Young Core? Thunders Young Core, Pistons Young Core, Rockets Young Core. There we go. Now we're cooking. <laughs> well, That's I much better the one first than one we've already ma- done. The first one we've already done, I can promise you. Okay. Okay. Well, by the way, my answer would be Ronald Jones. Keep Ronald Jones. Trade Raheem Mostert cut madison but i'm, so, I'm sorry that theo the called one. your start bench cut trash riley <laughs> compared to the others like <laughs> the young core question is much more intriguing okay. sorry riley thunder's young core piston young core rockets young core and it's a tough josh one. giddy <laughs> giddy it's a tough one um you know with the thunder's young core i feel like that was my immediate thought process because they got shay and chet um, but I, I guess I question, okay, Shay, like, is it, Shay is awesome. I love him. Is he a number one on a championship team? I don't know if he's ever going to quite be right there. That's such a high bar. Whereas like, maybe you look at like, like, you know, the Pistons and the Rockets, they're not as far along with their top guys, but Jalen Green and Cade Cunningham have these ridiculously high ceilings. But then the Thunder also have Chet, who I really, really love, but he's also not like a number one offensive option. And then you got a lot of other good stuff on the Thunder too. Like I like Gideon. He's got some really crazy potential and some of the other guys they have. And with the Pistons and with, you know, the Pistons and Rockets, I like some of the other dudes, but maybe not as much as I like, you know, 
Chet as as the number two. Like Jabari Smith is cool, but I'm not super super high on him. Tari Eason I really like, but um, there's only so high you can be, you know, on on some. I, I think he's he can be a very good player. Um, Jaden Ivey I like a good amount, but we'll see with him. So I'm not I'm not 100 sure, but I would lean Thunder. I'm leaning Thunder thund- Thunder pretty. Thundor. Pretty strongly. <laughs> thundor. Thund- <laughs> the Thundor. The Oklahoma City Thundor. I don't know yeah, what you got. I think, I think I'm with you when I, I think like, I don't know if Giddy will ever be like, if he's flashed quite the athleticism or the, or the shooting to ever be a, a great scorer. Um, but he's he's a pretty tall guy, and he's a great passer, and I think that that really flashes. So he's nice. And then you've got Ch- Chet and, you know, Shea. So that's three. Plus, I mean, their young core, does that include all the young players they're going to get with all the picks going If it forward? does, then I think it's easily Thunder. So I'm saying thunder. it's not. I mean, part okay. of me but, like... But even without it, you're still leaning Thunder. So it's so tough because there's so many guys on both of these teams. So I'm trying not to, you know, look right. at it as like everybody's going to turn out, you know. I think I would say I'd start the Thunder's young core. And then next I would go Pistons just because they've got Ivy and Sadiq Bay. And, and with the Rockets, I like Jalen Green a lot. But again, I'm not as high on on Jabari Smith and, and kind of the pieces surrounding Jalen Green. And I think the Pistons are headed a little bit more in the right direction because the Pistons are a team, and maybe the Pistons are the answer here because the the Pistons are a team where, I mean, they're pretty much all young core right now, and and a lot of people think that they might be in the play-ins, right? Like the Pistons' young core has the highest expectations of the three teams right now, right? Would you say the Pistons have the highest expectations in terms of like? Win loss of these three teams. I'd say they're all about the same. I would say that anyone expecting the Pistons to make the plans is stupid. Like the Pistons, <laughs> Pistons young core is really good. Dude, Jaden, the odds that Jaden Ivey comes out and is super inefficient for the first forty games of the season are incredibly high. Yeah, I, I think yeah, incredibly you're high. right. Yeah, and wh- so my my thought process here is that while. The Pistons and the Rockets both have guys who I really think can be number one, number one, number ones. Um, I'm more, I think Shea and Chet is is the best, like as far as confidence that they're going to reach their potential is probably the highest of any duo that any of these teams have. I like Ivy a lot, but uh, for some of those guys, like the efficiency just never comes along. So you kind of have to see how that goes. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr. and Jabari Smith. I like both those guys, but I'm not as high on them as I am with like Chet. So I would go with Thunder. Plus they also, they're also, but all of these teams are like entirely young players and we could go into, you know, all 10 of like blah, blah, blah. Right. But I, I think when you're looking at young cores, you mostly judge the top guys. Yeah. And yeah, I think so too. I, I don't know. My my take before the draft and I didn't scout much was was. Jalen Green above Cade but after watching them both last season and I, I really think that that Jalen is going to be good I think I, I appreciate Cade's game a little bit more now than I did then and I think like he really came on really strong the past and he projects as such a good defender and playmaker as well that I think that as their careers go on maybe Cade will be the the best player here um, and they yeah, have the highest expectations right now so I might say start the Pistons young core 
bench the Thunders, cut the Rockets? Maybe that would be my answer. But I don't know. That's dude, not really an, like, that's not really a referendum on Jalen Green though, because I really like Jalen Green. It's just that I think they have a little bit farther to go with the pieces surrounding him than maybe some of these other teams. But maybe I'm just I'm sure Thunder fa- or, or Rockets fans would tell me I'm stupid. But well, I like Chet more than Jabari Smith. I definitely agree with the logic that like, okay, well, you really only care about getting the best. Like, that's kind of what the most important thing is here. And it's like at that point, well, then it's like, yeah, Pistons. But then maybe I would. I really love Jalen Green. I really think he's so, 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 so good. So then when I put the Rockets at two over the Thunder, all of these guys are so close. So really the next couple of moves is really what deter like the cores are the cores right now. It's how you we'll know how you fill the out the rest of the roster. Right. <laughs> but I'm going to say start the Pistons, bench the Thunder, cut the Rockets, but I... Maybe it's not, uh, dude, it's there. not easy. There's no wrong yeah. answer. There's nothing you I'm, could tell I'm me feeling, where I'm going to be mad. I'm feeling start the Thunder, bench the Pistons, cut the Rockets. It's just... I literally made a video yesterday hyping up Jalen Green. I can't do this to him. This sucks. <laughs> I'll go. Oh, yeah, then I'll then go the opposite way of us. Go go cut the cut the team with the lowest best with the worst best player. No, I'll I'll go. I can't. I see. I just said I'd have Thunder at one, and now I'm thinking them at three. This. I'll, I'll just go Thunder <laughs> Pistons Rockets. Okay, but Jalen Green, I All love right. you. <laughs> gonna give him give him a kiss on his forehead. He'll be okay. But I would. <laughs> I think that pretty much wraps things up for us here at Stay Hot. It's been an absolute blast of an episode. We will be back with some more beautiful content for you on all platforms. And as always, from Corn Boy, Lemon Boy, and Bird Boy, and hopefully, maybe in the future, we'll get Mayo Boy back on. Uh but we will all catch you all. The flippity flop. Hey, oh boy, he's going to kill you. He's not going to come back on after you called him that after he said he didn't you, like it. Wildcat boy, all right? Wildcat parla- Dude, he hates you. Parlaying TikTok followers NF- into NIL NFL deals, su- boy. NFL superstar boy. <laughs> Future NFL superstar boy. Yeah, he's still got a full season of college left. <laughs> yeah, but uh, sure. But Shanahan yes. offense boy. <laughs> Shanahan offense boy. Either way. We will catch you all on the flippity flop. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.